0: To coffee and an interview. I'm Jacqueline Panya, and I'm here today with Sarah German, who is an author and a podcaster. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. I know I'm excited. We have a great conversation. I think I just want to jump right into your book. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the book that you recently published?
1: So I recently published a middle grade novel. It's called Pendulum by S. E. German, and I've got a copy here. So it's blue. And it's got a big pendulum on it, um, and really the book is—it's um, all about focusing on a character named Ben who starts to struggle with his mental health as a young child, around six years old, um, and and it's right after he's had an infection. So we pick up the book where he's reflecting on some of the issues that he's been having over a number of years. He's got a whole collection of things going on, things like depression, anxiety, OCD. He's got some um, tics that are happening as well, Um, having trouble uh, concentrating, focus, all these things. And so what we start to understand throughout the book is that he has a little known disorder called PANDAS, which stands for pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorders associated with streptococcal infections. And what happens with this disorder is that his brain becomes inflamed and it makes a whole bunch of these neuropsychiatric symptoms come forward at the time when, um, you know, his brain is quote unquote on fire. And so we follow him as um, he's trying to be Um, diagnosed, treated in a whole bunch of different ways. We see that there are so many challenges in treating this disorder and finding the right doctors. And then at the same time, you know, he starts at six, but the book is really reflecting from when he's 11. So we see him having those kind of normal middle grade challenges of a first crush and wanting to play competitive sports and all this stuff, all the while he's trying to balance um, his disorder. And and so it's really it is a heartwarming book um, it's it's kind of it leaves you feeling hope and um, it focuses a lot on resilience he shares a lot of the techniques that he's using to deal with um the disorder and and some of the the challenges with that um and and parts of it are honestly even pretty funny you know it's written in first person so he's kind of giving his 11 year old take on on some things which um you know I have an 11 year old and I can say sometimes their take is pretty funny so that's really where it starts um and I with the book I really was hoping to reach out to middle graders. So it's written at a grade five level. Um, Certainly parents can read it and and talk with their kids about the book. You can read it together. Um, it's great for teachers as well. I've had a number of people in the teaching community that have said, you know what, I didn't know anything about this disorder and I read the book and I feel like I have a little bit more of an understanding about what's going on um, and even parts of the disorder. So, you know, maybe a, a better understanding of anxiety and something that somebody feels when they have a panic attack. Um, I had one older person that read the book. Um, a gentleman, and he said, I never really thought much about a panic attack. And you outlined one in the book. And I realized I've been having them my whole life. Wow. <laughs> and he had never, you know, seen it written in that way and reflected of what it was. And, and it wasn't until he sort of experienced what it was like in the book that he kind of put that together. And I think that's one of the really challenges with, with not only mental health, but physical health is if we don't know what others are experiencing, sometimes we don't know what we're experiencing is different. And, and, and so, yeah, it it was, it was, it's been really interesting getting that kind of feedback and finding that it's, it's been useful to others. You you share a couple of interesting things. The last point about, Um, sometimes we
0: don't realize what we're feeling because we don't know what others feel and if what we're feeling is the same or different from what others feel. I think this this idea of us talking more about how we feel and mental health in general, but just how we feel and being able to have those conversations safely uh, is one thing that just uh, stood out with what you just said. And the other thing is this world um, of pandas, which for me as well, I had never heard of this until we started talking and um, and I think it'll be great to talk a little bit more about um, what that is, how I get started and, and how you came into this journey to focus a book on this particular um, issue a health issue.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it's important for me to point out at, at first, you know, I'm not um, a medical doctor or a psychologist or or anything like that. I'm a mom who's um, been writing kind of with passion about this and learning a lot. Um, I do have a child that has this disorder. Uh, we've been dealing with it for about five years. And so PANDAS is a real challenge because it is such a collection of symptoms and it's really difficult for not only parents, but even medical professionals to nail it down at times. There's no, um, you know, you take a blood test and you know that the child has X. It, It doesn't really work like that. And there are so many symptoms that I know I had a hard time understanding what was going on when we were seeing OCD, we were seeing aggression, we were seeing tics, um, and it, it didn't necessarily come together to me of, of what this could be. Um, and, you know, pandas is relatively little known. And so I think there are probably a lot of people out there that are dealing with um, maybe some of these things. And I thought. Um, kind of drawing attention to it through the book might be helpful, um, as like an extra consideration when people are, um, maybe seeing a change in their child and not sure what's going on. Um, you know, maybe if they've come across this book, it might just get them thinking about something different. Um, but like I said, not, not a medical professional, and then certainly you want to start to, to seek those out, but it is a real, combination of things and it it does kind of evolve and one of the other challenges is that it really waxes and wanes and so what we see are these periods of things seeming to have calmed down and then we get they call them a flare uh, where it kind of it goes up a lot again and you see an exacerbation of a lot of the symptoms and that's that can be troubling too because you're thinking what happened. And, and also, it generally sets on very quickly, um, where, you know, you have a child that is acting one way, and then all of a sudden, uh, it's a complete change in what feels like everything. Um, and so it, it's a really challenging disorder for parents. And um, like I said, I think challenging for doctors, and then also the kids. And I think that's what got me thinking about writing a middle grade book is, that the the children that are dealing with this, and I've written it at a grade five level because I do know there there are that's kind of the time that I think a lot of the children are very aware of the fact that they have this and they're struggling with it. Um, you know, as a parent, there are a lot of Facebook groups that I reach out to. There are um, different resources, books, you know, that I can read and try to understand more and and build community, but. For some of these kids, that doesn't exist, um, and you know, I know certainly for my son, we don't know anybody else that has this disorder. I've learned of people um, through online forums, but um, in terms of our community, you know, it can be very isolating. And I felt like a, a young child, or uh, middle grader, even young adult, dealing with this could maybe read this book and not feel quite so alone. Um, in what they're dealing with because it, it is portraying this issue in sort of a, a media space through through a book. I like the the not feeling so
0: alone that's that's um, I kept thinking about that. There aren't any resources for middle schoolers there the resources are geared towards parents and teachers and if i'm if if i have pandas and i want to relate to something or read more about it what's out there but also not just pandas i just you you said you know you know if you have anxiety if you have this if you have that i think i think you provide a tool that allows middle schoolers to connect with someone around their age and be able to explore feelings how am i feeling Mm -hmm. Is this normal or not? And is there such a concept as normal? That's a whole other conversation. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. But no, and I think that's where I felt like it really did fit into a full book because there's so much to explain. And even if you have a piece of the disorder, you know, maybe you're somebody who does have Tourette syndrome and you want to read about a character that is experiencing ticks you know there's part of the book where um, the child has an issue with another child in the classroom who is bothered by his ticks and and that's tough like that's a tough situation for a child to be in and it's also one that that happens right um, and and as a parent it's a tough situation to navigate as it's a tough situation for the teacher to know how to address those types of things and I think um, like I said the book it has things like that that are are tough um but then it also has has that funny side you really get to know the character and his um his sense of humor and his resilience in terms of continuing to keep going and um to to do the treatments to do all the things that he needs to do he's he's very strong-willed yeah no it's great that you created this character in
0: this book to all so many people and 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 in creating this resource you also created another amazing resource uh and that would be the podcast learning to slay the beast and i would love for you to talk a little bit more about the podcast because you have the book for the middle schoolers and then you have the podcast for us more adult people (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs)
1: Yeah, and so it's funny because I didn't ever really plan for the two of them to come together, but they kind of have. Um, and so the podcast, I've just had my 80 some off episode come out, and I always say, you know, it's focused on overcoming life's challenges like mental health, physical health, relationship challenges, And I, I started out with a lot of personal episodes where I was, you know, talking a lot about certain topics. Um, And then of course the pandemic hit and I started to reflect personally on, you know, how that was affecting my life, all the changes that were going on and then really got into doing a lot more interviews. So I'd say um, the past year or so I've been interviewing pretty heavily. I probably do about three interviews a month and then usually one. Personal episode kind of in between. And I've just been focusing on things that I find interesting. Like I l- listen to podcasts all the time. I love podcasts. I love um health podcasts. Um, I love storytelling and conversation. And so I I've started getting into interviewing people that touch on, like I said, emotional health, a relationship, um, and even broader health. So some of the things that I really feel, um, interested in are like pandas, pans, um, autoimmune disorders. I have one personally anxiety I struggle with personally. So I've, I've always been interested there. Um, as well as obesity, that's been something that I've been kind of learning a lot about and, and sort of learning more, um, about new movements, like the health at every size movement and, and how to kind of reframe some of those thoughts. And I've talked a lot about my Personal struggles, and it's sort of evolved with pandas, pans to bringing in a lot of experts and teaching me about the disorder. It's been a wonderful tool because I get to have these conversations with knowledgeable doctors from all over the U.S. Um, that have you know graciously given their time to to be interviewed, um, and and sometimes I get to ask questions that maybe. Somebody else that's having an interview that's more surface wouldn't think of, but because I'm so familiar with, you know, living with this disorder in our family for five years, I can kind of dig in a little bit more, I think, than than maybe some some others. And um, most recently, I've just come off of a back to school um, series where I've had a number of guests on talking about some of the challenges, you know, anxiety that we're facing with both for children, parents going back to school, um, how to overcome bullying, um, ways for teaching neurodivergent learners, and also focusing on what kind of health regimen we should be getting into for our kids in terms of keeping them healthy during this back to school time. So that's been interesting. And what I'm planning is October 9th is Pandas Pans Awareness Day. And so I'm going to schedule throughout October, a number of conversations on Pandas Pans to again, help bring more information to not only the community that knows about the disorder, but some of the people that are maybe just learning and working would like more information. So it's been a really fun way. <laughs> no, it, it, And it's
0: great to know. I think you're, you're doing so much to, to empower people through this information sharing. I, I have to say, I love the name of the podcast, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> because, no you know, she was slaying the beast, learning how to slay the beast. And I love that it's broader, but it's still aligned to your work. So you're definitely on this empowerment pathway around mental health, with pandas being, you know, one of the key parts and then other other mental health, um, you know, challenges that we face and, and conversations that we need to have. But I also noticed that you opened it broader health magic. Yes. And, and I think that that's a great approach because there's so much we could do. And you, you said obesity and reframing the conversation. And yep. all of that is uh, very powerful because I think a lot of us need to learn how to reframe our conversations, change the narrative, yep. regardless of what aspect of
1: health we're talking about. We just, we need to do better. Absolutely. And I've had people on that are mindset coaches, um, different things like that, all over the place um, in terms of. How to how to think differently and and learn and evolve ourselves. I'm very interested in health myself, and so that's where you know some of those come from. Where I'm just like I want to learn more and I want to do better. I think just generally, <laughs> <laughs> I think then that's great. That's that 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 uh, desire to always keep improving ourselves
0: that drives us and helps us move forward. You know, I want to talk about two more things. I mean, I I want to know what's next, but I also want to hear about some tips or advice, but what what is um, what, what are some tips or advice let's go in that direction that you might have for parents or caregivers or family members who um, might feel a need to engage in a conversation around mental health with um, a middle schooler or slightly older or younger child, what are some tips or advice that you could give us.
1: I think what I've learned as a parent through all this time, you know, and we've we've been doing different therapy, I've done therapy as a parent for how to deal with this, um, done it with my son and things like that is, you know, to really have the conversation, even if you're not sure, um, talking does help. Um, and then the other thing for the parents in particular, though, is to follow your gut. I mean, when my son had the onset of this disorder, he was only six and I literally saw a change in him. It was just like one night and I can remember the date and everything that this, this the, the ticks came on very strongly. He just seemed totally different. And I knew something was wrong. Like I knew there was something going on and yet, you know, I went to so many doctors and was told, no, it's fine. It's this, it's that. Um, and yet I just, I kept wanting that to be true, to be honest. Like, of course, like that sounds easy. It's fine. Um, but I just knew that it wasn't. And, and I think the thing that I find interesting is I hear that story over and over again from different parents who say the same thing. Like, I knew that there was more happening here. It just took me a long time to learn enough to find the right people to help. Um, and I think that there really needs to be um, that empowerment of parents that you know when when you are close with your child and you do know what's going on and you're talking to to really keep going um, in terms of figuring out what this the situation is. I think I was coming off of a time where I felt like there was such a like a negativity around moms in terms of being helicopter parents and overbearing and this and that, right and I felt like, oh, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to make a fuss. I don't want to, you know, cause conflict. I'm just going to do what I'm told is is right. Um, and it's kind of over time, just built more and more that, um, you know, that's not always the right approach, especially as a parent, when you really know your child and you know that something's different and um, you know you've got to you've got to follow that at least follow it up and and see what you can find
0: that's great advice being persistent and i didn't think about it from that perspective coming from the helicopter parent bashing phase um how do you how do you become that persistent parent and uh, even though you're afraid that you might be labeled as a helicopter parent, but you had a gut feeling. And, and this is something I talk about a lot in the medical system, you have to be persistent. And you don't you have to ask the questions. You have to get the second, third, fourth opinion and do your own research and come with that information to, to those medical meetings. I feel that uh, we have to empower ourselves in our health. And here's an example of, of how you did that for your son.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and and honestly, we're still in um, the phases of this. We're still uncovering more and more as as we age too. My son, um, you know, is hitting puberty soon, and so things will change again. And um, it, it's it's a challenge. And I certainly don't want to act like I've got it figured out. But um, that would be what I would urge parents as you know, just just trust yourself to some degree too, and and don't be afraid. Of asking questions, mm-hmm. I feel like there's a part two to your book. Once your son is high school, maybe you
0: know, and <laughs> everything. I think like what happens now when you're a little bit older. Yeah, uh, I know. There's a part two to this book somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, that that could very well be. That could very well be um, for sure. So <laughs> no,
0: besides this part two that I just created for your book, what's <laughs> what's in the future for you and uh, and and your work and empowering other people through your writing and your podcast? What's in the future?
1: So I am working on a second middle grade book at this point and um, still kind of in the early drafting phases, and it's going to have a bit of a different focus, focusing more. I talked about obesity a little bit and some of my struggles with that, focusing a little bit more on that and how do we um, help our children? That's something that I'm struggling with, taking um, a different approach to how we approach um talking about weight and all of this sort of diet culture and and fat phobia and, and all of this kind of stuff. And so I'm trying to meld these ideas into a middle grade book, again, um, to help with some of those tough conversations, because I was a child that was very overweight um, through middle grade, through high school, you know, I had a lot of challenges. And again, I didn't read about that in books. You know, nobody was writing a book that talked, um, you know, because I was 80s, 90s, that talked about what it was like to be um, bothered at school or judged by your weight as a young person. Um, and so I, I think getting into some of those conversations will be a big part. Um, in terms of the podcast, I think it will focus more on... Just staying relevant as things evolve, I I think um, you know certainly I want to have more conversations on um, this topic of weight and things like that. I've got some of those planned. I've got the pandas pants conversations planned as well and I, I think I'm just gonna keep rolling. I've hit a pretty good groove I'm getting to the point where I'm not struggling to get guests like it's 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 working itself out and um, and it's still fun like I do all of this in my spare time. I've got a full-time job. Um, these are kind of just passion projects that uh, keep me feeling alive so <laughs> I think it'll be doing doing these things at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I
0: totally got the passion projects. Uh, this one is mine as well, and yeah, you sound a little bit like a multi-creative, which is something I'm exploring. This multi-passionate, creative kind of person, and and embracing that a little bit more. Where you know this, this is you need this along with everything else to help keep you alive. It's a couple of different things on on your yeah, platform. Um, and I love the conversations and and the rewriting the narrative and. And even, even um, with what's happening in October with Pandas Awareness Month and October 9th and keeping that conversation going, but expanding to obesity and this uh, narrative and, and how we approach it, this concept of uh, bullying for weight, by the way, um, we didn't even know what bullying was. It was, you know, those are sick as real bullying back then. And I know in school in the eighties and being a little he- heavier myself. And, and these, the, this, this conversation is not, we just don't have this. We didn't have it in the eighties. Yeah. And So I think it's an interesting area to explore. I could definitely use some of your uh, podcast episodes in my life. I can tell you that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Well, yeah, these are uh, incredible topics. Thank you so much for sharing um, so many personal details that inspire your journey and the writing side and the podcasting side. For sharing a little bit of what's next and for giving us a couple of tips and advice around these conversations, I think um conversations around mental health especially but health in general um, are difficult but mental health is something that we tend to um, keep silence we don't want to talk about it we don't know how to approach it we, and especially with with kids we don't think about mental health and kids a lot of times we're thinking adults 20 30 something year olds and so i think it was a, a great topic so I'm, I'm grateful that you were able to come on the show thank you so much for
1: that no, thank you for having me. This has been a great conversation and hopefully it's helpful for the listeners. Yeah, I think I think we all got a lot out of this and for our listeners.
0: All the links to the resources, to the podcast, to the book, those will all be in the description section for this episode. So you could go in there, learn more, listen to the podcast, read the book. And uh, we look forward to what's coming next on the writing side. I still see a part two for your book. I know. <laughs> <That is amazing. laughs> and on um, the podcast side, because I see a wonderful um, offering of episodes coming up soon. Um, yeah. The so- other
1: thing I would mention on the podcast too, that I forgot to bring up is I do have have a number of free meditations on there as well I know that is something that is really beneficial for a lot of people in terms of mental health so even if you're just looking for a free meditation I've got a number where they're guided and they're um, you know one where you're envisioning being in a bathtub or envisioning a forest things like that Um, and then some really short ones as well that just uh five minutes you know um, so those are all free on the podcast as well if anyone's looking for some of those kind of resources
0: well that's great thank you I think that's very helpful with uh, our crazy lives and you know you kind of beat me to my last question which I almost forgot to ask which is is, is there anything else you would like to share you shared this but uh, is yeah. there anything else that you would like to share before we close up this
1: episode uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. I guess the other thing too, and I know you'll put it in the show notes, but everything's pretty much available on my author website. You can kind of click around. And then, so that's www.se-german.com. And so if you're kind of just looking for, well, where's that podcast or what was the book called again? Um, you can find all of that there. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. And thank you for being on Coffee and an Interview
0: and teaching us so much about the work that you're doing and and your book and, and the work in mental health and pandas and beyond. Thank you so much, Sarah.
1: Great. Thanks so much,
0: Jacqueline.